0: Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Singer. I'm a Christian writer and blogger living in the beautiful state of Alaska. I'm also a trauma survivor and a mental health advocate. I've been through some tough things in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Grace Moments is about helping you hold on to belief in your darkest hours, embrace hope by knowing your suffering is never wasted, and be inspired by the stories of others who have survived their own tragedy Life, however difficult, can be a meaningful journey, and I'm here to walk it with you, so let's do this together. People talk about tunnel vision in the context of maintaining focus. Today we're going to be talking about a different type of tunnel vision, one that involves learning how to see and maintain hope in the dark. I'm going to tell you about a unique tunnel near where I live, and how my own moments of being hidden in the depths taught me to trust God and hope that the light would return. So let's get started. While there are famous landmarks people recognize about my home state of Alaska, Denali National Park for instance, there are many other less notable but equally interesting sites to see when one visits here. One of these is the town of Whittier, a beautiful spot with breathtaking views of Prince William Sound. Surrounded by mountains, glaciers, and water, it is one of the prettiest places in south-central Alaska. Most people know it as a fishing town, or drop-off place for tourists getting on and off the cruise ships. There isn't much to see or do there except to take in the views. But the way one gets to Whittier is an adventure all in itself. Apart from a boat, the only way to reach Whittier is by train or car. But to do so isn't as simple as just taking a certain exit or road. To get there, one must travel through the Anton Anderson Memorial Tunnel. Cars and trains must alternate use of the tunnel in order to get to and from Whittier at any time. Traffic is allowed into Whittier on the hour and out on the half hour. But what makes this such a unique experience is that this is the longest highway tunnel in North America. Two and a half miles of hewn-out rock and the first designed for sub-zero temperatures and high winds. It was built during World War II by the military as Alaska's main supply route for goods arriving in the protected deep-water port of Whittier. The abandoned military barracks on the Whittier hillside can still be seen to this day. When the military left Whittier in the 1960s, the tunnel became part of the highway system and was given an overhaul so that cars could use the single lane tunnel as well as the train. Inside the tunnel, there are a number of safe houses in case of an accident or natural disaster, along with pullouts and a sidewalk for emergency usage. To say the least, driving the tunnel is quite the experience. Now, for some, this may prove incredibly claustrophobic but I find it incredibly interesting each time I drive it. To me, it's a metaphor for life, because we're all bound to find ourselves in dark places with no sign of light. Hope takes on a new meaning when you've gone through your tunnel moments and you once again see the light at the end. I've had a couple of tunnel seasons in my life, seasons where it looks so dark I wasn't sure I'd ever see the light again. Cold and damp walls hemming me in with no end in sight. Hopelessness sinking in over time as the miles continue. The eventual promise of seeing life outside the tunnel ever again begins to fade with time, leading to eventual discouragement and despair. Such a season actually happened to me not that long ago. Maybe the same has happened before for you. I know the sinking feeling as you wonder if you'll ever make it out of the darkness. It's disheartening, isn't it? The thing is, my tunnel seasons don't necessarily get any easier in terms of being less frequent or less impactful. But past experiences in tunnel seasons have taught me a few things of how to get through them when they come. Just like when I drive through the tunnel to Whittier, I know that I'll come out the other side, because I always have. Past seasons of experiencing God's faithfulness in the dark prepare me for future seasons because I know He will always get me through whatever I'm facing. But if I fail to remember those lessons and call to mind those past seasons of safe passage, however difficult, hopelessness and discouragement once again begin to set in. Some time ago, some friends from out of state went to Whittier for a hike with me. They drove their rental car, and I rode in mine. I told them about the significance of the Anderson Memorial Tunnel, and they were excited to experience something new and adventurous like that. On the other side of the tunnel, when we got there, however, one of them was really struggling. See, I didn't know it when I suggested the hike that she deals with claustrophobia pretty bad. Going through the tunnel just about undid her. Nobody knew it would affect her that greatly. Not until she was part way into the tunnel did she realize how anxious it was making her. After trying several things to help her, her family told her to just put her head down, and they would tell her once they were out of the tunnel. Oddly enough, I struggle with claustrophobia, too. Enclosed situations with no clear way of escape often trigger my anxiety and post-traumatic stress. But for some reason, tunnels aren't one of them. Maybe it's because I've done it enough times that my mind is able to override my feelings. Perhaps other times of living in the dark have taught me to believe in the expected end that awaits on the other side. Tunnels can be freaky, and so can tunnel seasons. So what are some of the ways we can prepare for and wait out those times in our lives so that we maintain hope until the light returns again? Number one, learn to face fear and not run from it. Once you're in a tunnel, there's no backing out. There's no turning around. You are stuck until you come out the other side. Therefore, you have no choice but to move forward, to keep going until you exit the tunnel. The same is true for tunnel seasons in life. Once we're in them, there is no going back. There is no turning around and running from them. They are present, regardless of how much we deny or try to ignore them. And the more we let the fear of those tunnel seasons get in the way of our attitude or our outlook about them, the weaker we become in actually being able to get through them well and grow stronger in our faith and in our hope. When I enter the tunnel... I've learned it's best to sit back and let the right happen. There is nothing I can do to hasten the exit. There is a set speed limit for the cars to drive through. And because more cars are in front of mine, I cannot hurry my way to the end. I cannot force the light to get there any sooner. So the best way to get through is to settle in. On so many occasions in life, I've been so desirous of getting out of the tunnel seasons that I've lost valuable energy and strength they could better be spent trying to endure and survive the journey. I've missed out on his peace because my fear was greater than my faith. The only solution I could think of was to get through the tunnel as quickly as possible rather than to simply trust God and settle in for the ride. The only way to reach the other side of the tunnel is to go through it. If you want to reach a certain destination, you have to face the fear that comes with getting there you have to point yourself in the direction you want to go and embrace the challenges that accompany the journey. Avoiding the tunnels altogether only means you'll miss seeing some of the lovely sights that lie on the other side, all because you're too afraid to go through the pain in order to get there. Beautiful Whittier is worth seeing if you're willing to face the fear of the tunnel in order to arrive there. The same is true in life. Often the things most worth seeing lie on the other side of our worst fears. Number 2. Discover how to adjust to the darkness While initially disorienting and a bit scary, the darkness inside the tunnel eventually becomes tolerable once our eyes adjust to its presence. Coming from the outer brightness, the darkness feels freaky and uncomfortable. But soon we realize that we can see more than we initially thought we could. Our vision goes into night mode, allowing us to find our way better than we anticipated. When we find ourselves in tunnel seasons, it can first seem extremely blinding and disconcerting to enter the tunnel. The darkness seems to be everywhere, with little to no light by which to find the way. Everything that seemed to be clear before is now blurry, causing us to doubt and be afraid. But just as with our human eyes, our soul vision always adjusts if we're just willing to patiently let it happen. As long as we continue to trust that our night mode will kick in, that all the scriptures and all the past faithfulness of God by which we found our way thus far will still hold true even in the dark, as long as we believe that, we can have faith that the tunnel season we're in can offer its own sight, can teach us its own truth, can show us its own glory, however hidden. Once you begin to adjust to the darkness, it's amazing how many things you start to notice. You surprise yourself by how much you still can see, even when the broad daylight has been removed. With even the slightest glimmer of light, you can still see quite a bit. And perhaps this is one of the points God wants to make to us as we venture through the tunnel seasons in our lives. He has more to show us, more to prove to us, more to teach us than we ever thought possible. His truths run deeper in dark places than we could possibly imagine, showing us things we would never learn in the brightness of daylight's rays. But we have to give it time until our eyes adjust and begin to see what he sees, to know what he knows. Christian singer and songwriter Jason Gray puts it well in his song, Without Running Away. After a while in the dark, your eyes will adjust. In the shadows you'll find a hand you can trust. Don't judge the darkness upon first entering into it. First impressions aren't usually accurate. Give your soul vision time to kick in. Be patient and let the journey run its course. In time, your eyes will adjust, friend, and that trustworthy hand will show up even in, and especially in, your shadows where you least expect him to be. Number 3. Learn to see the tunnel as a place of potential safety. Knowing the history of the Anton Anderson Memorial Tunnel, I envisioned the soldiers who were stationed in Whittier and how they were trained to see the tunnel as a place of safety. If, in the event of a Pearl Harbor-like situation, soldiers could use the safety houses inside the tunnel for a bunker, they could flee to the tunnel for refuge and security until the threat had passed. In the shelter of that carved-out mountain, they could take cover. Driving through that tunnel now and seeing those safe spaces reminds me that this isn't as dangerous a place as one might think. For all those fears that meet you upon first entrance, one is reminded that this actually is a pretty safe environment to be in. In the event of a disaster, these bunkers provide a hiding place until the danger is over. As we walk with God through our tunnel seasons, one of the things we learn over time is that there is often far less of a threat in these times than we might initially think. Even in the seemingly endless darkness, there is refuge and safety to be found. God has provided a hiding place, a secure shelter in which to take cover until the threats have passed. The very place we're afraid to enter is actually the exact space we're supposed to flee to when danger arises. Particularly in the Psalms, There are countless references in Scripture to taking refuge in God in times of trouble. Psalm 57 1 Have mercy on me, my God, have mercy on me, for in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. Psalm 61 3 4 You have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever. And take refuge in the shelter of your wings psalm sixty two eight trust in him at all times, you people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. But there are many that specifically refer to God as a rock and a mountain of shelter psalm seventy one three be a rock of refuge for me, where I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress psalm ninety four twenty two the Lord has become my fortress, and my God the rock in whom I take refuge. Psalm 18.2 The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge. Proverbs 18.10 says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Nahum 1, seven says the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in Him. Driving through the tunnel and seeing those safe houses gives a whole other meaning to the idea of God being this rock or place of refuge in times of trouble. God has placed safety all around you, even in the spaces where you feel the least secure. Because God is there with you. You are sheltered and secure. You are safe even though the darkness hangs heavy and the fears run deep. You can hide in Him and take cover under His loving care because He never leaves you without a way of protection and provision. He is ensured that even the worst and most dark times of your life will never leave you stranded or without a place to run and shelter in Him. Number four, realize that discouragement is the enemy of your hope. Especially when you've been in the tunnel season for an extended length of time, Discouragement is a natural symptom. It's tiring when you've been in that tunnel for a long while and have begun to despair of ever seeing daylight again. The sheer constant moving forward with no end in sight can cause you to grow weary and get deeply discouraged or even depressed. Even the most positive person can find themselves down and their spirits sagging under the grind of a never ending season of trial and suffering. For as much as we may look around each turn of the tunnel and hope for the slightest glimpse of hope to keep us going, it can get very disheartening when no glimpse appears. Jesus is not unaware of our proneness to such discouragement. Psalm 103.14 says that He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. We are, after all, human, subject to all manner of doubts, fears, and despair, that can wring a soul right out of whatever faith and belief it possesses. But he also has told us how to fight against such discouraging thoughts when they arise. All across scripture there are commands to be brave, take heart, cheer up, hold fast, wait well. Our patience and our hopefulness in the tunnel is not a passive one. We must recognize discouragement when it comes and face it head on because it is absolutely without a doubt the enemy of our hope. And once you've lost hope, you've lost the very thing that can sustain you until you come out the other side. Sinclair Ferguson writes in his insightful book on the Psalms, Deserted by God, Discouragement tells us we dare not think of the future and thus obscures us from the blessing that God has promised to give to us in it. At best, discouragement allows us to glimpse the future only in the dim light of the present. But God's word encourages us to look at the present in the bright light of the future. Then we see that present discouragements are not worth comparing with future encouragements and that our light affliction is the pathway to glory. All throughout the Bible, there are numerous reminders that trouble is present always with us in some way. Jesus told his disciples in his parting words to them before ascending into heaven, In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. We cannot avoid trunnel seasons, but we can do our part to take heart, because losing heart is a rapid slide to hopelessness. Jesus indicates that us knowing that He is over and above and before and behind all things, that He has overcome every sin or trial that befalls us, that is what allows us to have courage when it feels like the darkness and the pain will never let up. When the suffering continues on past the point you thought it would, Christ's sovereign rule and reign gives us the perspective of knowing that no tunnel season is for forever and that no trouble will ever have the final word. The light will return, just maybe not for some time. You will likely not exit the tunnel for a while, and patience will be necessary until such time as you come out the other side. Lamentations 3.26 says that it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Not anxiously, not discouragingly, not despairingly, but rather quietly. Other translations phrase it as wait in patience for Him to save us, wait in silence, or hope and quietly wait. This implies a certain resignation, a contentedness in the situation. When you begin to doubt whether you will survive the tunnel season you are undergoing, it is easy to start complaining or getting frustrated at God or the circumstances, to give up on the very things that will allow your heart to hold up under what you're facing, to start thinking that because the present feels so bleak, the promised future glory is only a dream and will never come. But scripture instructs us to accept where we are and to hold out until things get better. The simple fact that God has brought you safely thus far, that he has never failed to come through and give you safe passage to the other side, that should be foremost on your mind, giving you the faith and confidence to know that you will see the light again someday soon. Whining about the circumstances and fighting the process doesn't do any good except to cause you to forget the faithfulness of God and quit on the journey to do the very thing Jesus said not to do which is to lose heart. What in reality hastens the coming of the light is the attitude expressed in Psalm twenty-seven fourteen: Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. You do that, friend, and you will make it to the other side all right. It won't be easy. It won't always be pleasant. But it will be okay, and it will be worth it. I know tunnel seasons are hard, Nobody wants to go through them, but what makes it worthwhile is what lies on the other side. There's always a view in life worth seeing that never can be experienced unless you choose to embrace the struggle it takes to arrive there. The tunnel seasons in your life help you to appreciate more fully the beauty you behold upon your exit. The sun warming your face, and even its brightness, is a welcome sight. But perhaps God knows you take it too much for granted if you never felt its absence. While you can never choose when or where you'll be asked to enter a tunnel season, you can choose whether you'll engage your tunnel vision. You can choose to let your eyes adjust to the darkness. You can choose faith over fear, hope over discouragement and despair. You can choose to see the tunnel as a place of refuge rather than a place of harm. And you can choose to be patient and hold out for the light to come, not in anger and anxiousness, but in peace and quiet contentment before God knowing that the one who ordained this trial in the first place can be trusted to bring you securely and safely through to the other side. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast as well as leave a review. If you want to read additional content, please visit and subscribe to my blog at www.graceopens.blogspot.com. You can also connect with me on social media via Twitter at Open to Grace 2015, Instagram and Parlor at Open to Grace Alaska, and on MeWe under my name, Katherine Singer. I'll see you in the next episode. And remember, Grace will always meet you where you are.